Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hello to all my listeners out there, and happy Wednesday, February 14th. Now, some of you might be celebrating Valentine's Day today, or as a friend of mine pointed out, uh, Singles Awareness Day, Uh, or you may be celebrating Ash Wednesday if you observe Lent, and then there's also just the plain old hump day. Whatever you are celebrating today, if anything, chances are you're not listening to this podcast on February 14th. And that's all right. I appreciate you tuning in whenever you have a chance. But since it is Valentine's Day at the time of this recording, I would love to talk a little bit today about relationships. Now, don't stop listening if you're single, okay? Because I'm not talking about the type of relationship that you have with a loved one. Instead, today we're going to explore the relationship that exists between your thoughts, your emotions, and your behaviors. Have you ever stopped to think about how those three things are interconnected? The connection can be seen in all sorts of examples, good and bad. I know not many people watch actual TV anymore, or probably even commercials, but if you happen to have recently seen one of those commercials where they show a child or an animal who is less than fortunate, and the organization is ultimately asking for your donation, what those commercials are doing is triggering the thought that you have that these individuals, whether they be the children or the animals, deserve better. That is a thought that you have. These kids, these animals deserve better. That thought, paired with the images that you see on the television, lead to a feeling of compassion. If that feeling of compassion is strong enough, that leads you to open up your wallet and send them a donation. Now let's look at how this can actually work in a negative way. Let's say you're driving down the highway on your way to to work and somebody cuts you off. Now I don't know about you, but... But if that happens, sometimes the initial thought that comes to my mind is, wow, that guy's a jerk. If you're not in a good place emotionally, that thought can quickly lead to an emotion called anger. And if strong enough, that anger can lead you to do something really stupid. We've seen it play out on the highways of Phoenix many, many times. But here's the cool thing. It actually works in reverse as well. So both examples that I gave you started out with how you think about something, which led to how you feel, which led to how you act. But did you know that you can actually change your thoughts by just changing how you act first? So many people think that you have to feel a certain way before you do something. For example, going to the gym. First, let me preface this by saying I am not one who oftentimes goes to the gym, and this is definitely an area in my life that I could improve upon. However, just because I'm still struggling with it doesn't mean it doesn't serve as a perfect example for how this works. So whether you plan to go to the gym first thing in the morning or sometime after work, first thing in the morning, you are nestled nicely into your bed, covered up, maybe the window is open so it's letting in a little cool air, and it's just a perfect temperature for sleeping under the covers, but not quite for getting out of bed. I know you know what I'm talking about. If you decide to skip going to the gym that morning, you could probably get a whole extra hour underneath those covers. The truth is, you don't feel much like going to the gym at that moment. Or what about after work? You've had a long day at work, you're ready to go home, eat a little bit of dinner with your family, and just chill out. The last thing you feel like doing is going to the gym. But have you ever decided in that moment to do the thing you don't feel like doing anyway? What happened? 
I'm willing to bet that about a third of the way into your workout, you started actually feeling good about having gone to the gym. And then that feeling turns into a thought of, wow, I'm really glad that I decided to do this. Going to the gym is a good idea. So do you see how we actually altered our thinking just by doing? In grad school, I was introduced to lots of different types of therapy, but my favorite one always tended to be the cognitive behavioral therapy. And I think that's because of this interconnection between our thoughts, our feelings, and our behaviors. I love that if you understand how this works, it gives you a couple of options on how to actually achieve your desired results. So how does all this fit in with money? Well, many years ago, a woman named Dr. Carol Dweck talked about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. I think the easiest way for me to describe these two different mindsets is that a fixed mindset says that things are the way they are. If you're dealt a bad hand, it is what it is. There are certain talents that you may not have, certain circumstances that can't be changed, etc. But the growth mindset says that abilities can be developed. So that means you actually have some say in what you're good at and who you become. Now, one of the things that I have found very fascinating over the last few years of coaching people is that the type of mindset that one of my clients has can actually be seen in the way that they handle their money. And as you may have already guessed, some of the results that they get from the way they handle their money just feed right back into the type of mindset that they have. So it becomes a vicious cycle. To illustrate what I'm talking about, let's just talk about the fixed mindset for a minute. Now remember, the fixed mindset basically says that things are set in stone and there's very little you can do to change that. So as you can imagine, someone with this type of mindset has a perceived lack of control. They feel controlled by circumstances and they kind of go through life letting life happen to them. They tend to look for immediate gratification and they actually convince themselves that some of the stuff they want are actually things that they need. And the last thing I'm going to mention here is that they believe money is finite. In other words, however much there is of it, that's all there is to go around. So they kind of consciously or unconsciously view wealth as a pie and that everybody needs to get a piece of that pie. When the pie is gone, it's gone. So what kind of money behaviors do you think you would see from somebody who has this fixed mindset? Well, there are four trends that I tend to see. One is that they tend to spend based on emotions. In other words, they're more likely to engage in a little bit of what we like to call shopping therapy. When it comes to saving, these individuals will oftentimes save last. So they will pay all their bills, take care of the things that they want, and then if there's anything left over, they will go ahead and save that. I refer to this as reactive spending and saving. The third thing that I tend to see them do is that they run from their mistakes. Rather than acknowledging their mistakes and learning from them, they tend to just push them aside as if they had never happened or even sometimes blame other people for the mistakes that they made themselves. And the fourth thing that I notice as a trend is that money tends to work against them. They have no leverage. We oftentimes see this in the form of interest or late fees or penalties or even just plain old overspending. Now, I do want to point out here that it is totally possible to be in this mindset without having any debt at all. A lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I don't have any debt, and so I, I must be in the growth mindset. And that's not necessarily true. I've had a lot of clients come to me saying that they absolutely know that they do not overspend, they do not have any debt, and they are able to pay their credit cards off every single month. 
After further digging, though, we realized that they still had this fixed mindset. They were just fortunate enough to make enough money to pay it off. Now let's talk about the growth mindset. Remember, this is the mindset that says any abilities that we have can actually be developed. As compared to the person who kind of just lets life happen to them, this individual takes an active role in the change process. They do not always look for immediate gratification, but rather they look for compounded results. So they do small, seemingly insignificant things for just long enough until they actually get the results that they're looking for. Rather than having a lack of control, these individuals feel empowered and they take control through their actual choices. You will know you're talking to somebody with a growth mindset when that individual actually engages with their mistakes, they learn from them, and then they correct it. Some of the spending trends that I see for individuals with a growth mindset is that their spending is based on their personal goals. Now, they are not giving up everything that they love. Instead, they're making sure that their indulgences are actually worked into their plan. They pay themselves first by putting money aside for their future. And because they realize that there's actually an abundance of wealth and that wealth can be created, they find ways to create it. With this mindset and these behaviors, money actually works for them rather than against them. And that, my friends, gives them leverage. So by now you're probably either completely overwhelmed with information or you're entirely intrigued to try to figure out which mindset you actually fall into. Or maybe you've already figured that out based on the tenets that I've described here. But what happens if you realize that you are in that fixed mindset and you really want to be able to jump over, if you will, to the growth mindset? Well, so many people teach that you have to change your mindset in order to change your results. And while that is definitely one of the options, as we just talked about a little while ago, another option is to actually change your mindset by changing your behaviors. So you're actually going at it backwards. So if you identified that you are using some of the spending and saving behaviors that I described under the fixed mindset, and you'd like to work on creating a growth mindset, where would be a good place to start? Well, according to this theory, a good place to start would be by integrating some of the proactive behaviors that I mentioned with the growth mindset. Does all this talk of change have you wishing that I would have just talked about how much money people spend on Valentine's Day instead? To be honest with you, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to figuring some of this stuff out. But believe me when I tell you that once you figure some of this out, you will be so empowered because your ability to control your money will be back in your hands. If today's topic was especially intriguing to you, I invite you to send me an email. Tell me how much you love this episode and let me know what I can do to tell you even more about how this whole thing works. My email address is maria at cashinonchange.com. I'd like to publicly say thank you to all of you who have contacted me to let me know how much this podcast and these episodes have really touched your heart. Knowing how much this is helping someone else is one of the main reasons that I keep doing it. So thank you for not keeping your feedback a secret. It is my hope that today's episode helped to reassure you that you do have what it takes to make your money behave. Thanks for listening. Oh, 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 o